Good, we start a new Masechta today, Masechta Beitza, and starting a new Masechta is always difficult, one has to expect that. The first few daf of any new Masechta is, is difficult, the style of each Masechta is a little diff- different. The Rishonim on the Masechta, even the Tosfos on the Masechta are written by different people different, and have different styles, so it's not just new material. Uh, when you get into a new Masechta, but it takes you time to get into the into the style of a Masechta. And Masechta Beitza is, is, is not an easy Masechta altogether, and deals with the um, halachot of Yom Tif. Not any specific Yom Tif, but of the general halachas of Yom Tif, particularly in as much as they differ from the halachas of Shabbos. We've had a whole Masechta, two Masechtas dealing with Hilchas Shabbos. We had Shabbos and we had Eruvin, and... Um, and Beitz already deals with those areas where Hilchas Yom Tov is different from, from Hilchas Shabbos. And the main difference between Hilchas Shabbos and Hilchas Yom Tov um, lies in, in, in their purpose and the way they're meant to be used. Uh, and that is Shabbos, we've, we've spoken before about the fact that Shabbos is really a day of, of somewhat of seclusion. It's not meant to be a social day, although we use it as very much of a social day today. Shabbos was never meant to be a social day. Uh, if you look at all of the halachas of Shabbos, they're all designed to keep you where you are, to, uh, to keep you home. Uh, yes, we go to shul, but in shul as well. And davening in a minyan is a very interesting experience because davening in a minyan is not moving out of solitude. At the end of the day, you're davening in your little bubble, uh, talking to the Rebona Shalom. You're in the presence. You're doing that together with a minyan of other people who are also doing that. But, but when one's in davening, you're in a very solitudinal relationship with Hashem. Uh, our shuls have become social places, but that's not, that's not what tefillah is. Tefillah is avodah, and avodah is, is something you do in solitude. The, um, uh, and so Shabbos is that. We, we don't cook. We don't, there's, 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 no, um, there's no accommodation for entertaining and for socializing on Shabbos. The halachas are designed to discourage that. Yom Tif is the opposite. Yom Tif is a time of getting together. Yom Tif is a communal time. Yom Tif is Aliyah Liregel and, and, and Ru'i and the Beis Hamikdash. There's, Yom Tif is a time when we get together. And, the, and you see that reflected in the halachas. So you can move around more and you can carry and you can cook. You can do the things you need to do in order to, be, to entertain and, and be entertained, to have a social life on Yom Tif. So Yom Tif is much more social. Uh, and, and a lot of the differences between Ilchus Shabbos and Ilchus Yom Tif, as we'll see in Masech Tabeta, stem from that fundamental difference between the, the days. But to take a, a kind of a light entry into, into uh, Masech Tabeta, the, the, there's an idea mentioned in passing, which is probably one of the most distorted ideas in Shas. And not distorted in Shas, it's one of the most distor- ideas from Shas that is most distorted by people. And that's the idea of Koach de Hetera Adif. The, uh, the Gemara is discussing, we've got a Machlokas, Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, the Gemara, the Masechta, all, all, many Masechta start with strange, unusual cases. <coughs> you would think if you're starting Masechta Beitza, you would start a little bit like I just started. What is the difference between Shabbos and Beitza and, and, and Yom Tif and what's the principle? No, how does the Masechta start? Beitza Shenolda be Yom Tif. An egg is laid on Yom Tif. Like, that's the biggest thing we've got to worry about about Yom Tif. Um, and it's, they're almost, it's almost humorous the way m- many of the Mishnahs of many of the Masechtas start. 
but in that lies a, a lot of the, the deeper understanding of what Chazal want, to, want us to get to. And we have a machlekes basil and Beishamai, and the Gemara goes into it and says, what kind of situation are we talking? Are we talking about a, a chicken that's muktza? And the chicken is muktza because its, its intention is to produce eggs. It's a unit of production, not a unit of consumption. If the chicken is meant to be, is being raised to be eaten, then it's food. It's not muktza. But this is a muktza chicken. So the whole issue is what happens if a muktza chicken lays an egg? Is the egg also muktza? The egg isn't muktza? And that's the machlok, especially in Beishamai. And the Gemara goes on to say that if that's the case, if we're talking about that situation, um, that's Let's rather, why talk about the egg that's laid? Talk about whether the chicken's muktza or not. That there's a machlokas about whether a chicken that is being raised for production is, it's like a computer. It's like a machine, piece of machinery in your, in, in your office, and therefore it's, it's muktza, it's a production unit. Or do we say, no, it isn't? So why not tell us that? Shari, to tell us the chidush of Beishamah, that Beishamah holds that even though the chicken is, is muktza, the egg isn't. But if the machlokas would have, if the Mishnah, the subject of the Mishnah would have been the chicken and not the egg, maybe that's where the whole thing comes from, is it the chicken or the egg? From the first Mishnah in, in, from the first Mishnah in, in Beitzah, and the Gemara's question is, why the, why the egg, why not the chicken? If it would have been the chicken, we would have known the power of Beisilo, to be muktza asu, that, that, Rabbi, that Beisilo is telling us that it's also. And if you want to say no, we would rather show you, we'd rather display to you the power of heter, of making something permissible. So why does the Mishnah not talk about both, the chicken and its egg? And then you've got everything covered. But on this koach de etera adif, the Rashi is the, is the classical Rashi. So people quote it often as, as meaning that if you, if you can, find a heter. Find a heter where you can. And that's become a popular phrase, koach de etera adif. Um, and, and that's not what it means at all. Koach de Tera Adif says Rashi, Tov lo lahashmi'enu koach divrea matir, shehu somech al shumato ve'enu yarei lahatir. When the Gemara is telling us a chidush, the chidush lies with the matir. The chidush lies with the one who's, who's finding the solution, with the one who's allowing it. Aval koach ha'osrim ena raya, but there's no intellectual power in Isur. It might be the right psak. We're not talking about what's a better psak. Should you be matir or should you be asa? That's not the issue at all. It's just there's more intellectual chidush. There's, there's more halachic innovation and, and agility in a heter. Because there's no proof from an Isur. Because a cheder child can be machmir. Say no. To say no is easy. Even if something's mutter, you can always say also. You don't need to be a Talmud Chochem to say Osu. You need to be a Talmud Chochem to say Mutter in a way which is genuine and, and, and authentic, which is real, real heter. So if you're talking about the quality of the thinking, there's more value in the thinking of heter than in the thinking of Isu. Isu, you're just telling us it's a piece of information. So-and-so says also, that's information. But so-and-so says Mutter, you've got to understand how he gets to that. How does he come to, how does he come to the heter? So, but one of the things you see from here is what Gemara is about. 
that Gemara is not about Shulchan Aruch. If the Gemara was about Shulchan Aruch, then there would be no difference. So just tell us what the halacha is. If it's also, tell us it's also. If it's mutter, tell us it's mutter. But that's not the purpose of Gemara. The purpose of Gemara is to teach you how to think. You don't learn how to think from an, from an isu. You don't learn how to think from a chumrah. You learn how to think from, from, um, from, from the method of reasoning that solves problems, that solves human problems. Uh, and and I, I mentioned you just recently that when I was in the Beis HaMedrish in Keratari in Johannesburg, when I was right in the very beginning, I was trying to figure out what, what to learn with Balabatim. We had not learned Gemara before. Jeff, I think it was even before, before the time that you joined us, a really long time ago. And I spoke to Rameir Soloveitchik and I said, I think maybe, maybe I'll learn Brochus. And he said, why Brochus? I said, because it's easy. He said, don't learn Brochus, they'll make them frum. You don't want to make them frum. Um, and and, and uh, you know, then I said, then we'll learn maybe, maybe Shabbos. He said, you'll make them crazy with Shabbos. They, they, won't, they, they won't be able to enjoy life anymore if you, if you teach them Shabbos. Teach them Noshim and Ezekim. Teach them things that will teach them to think, not things that will teach them what's, what's, what's also. All they're going to learn is what they can't do. Who wants to come to learn Torah and learn what you can't do? If you learn how to think, that's what, that's what you need Gemara for. And you see that in this Rashi. That the purpose of Gemara is to teach you how to think, and you learn that from from divrei heter, not from divrei. That's what koyach deheter adif means. It's not. It doesn't say heter adif. That's not what the Gemara says. It's koyach deheter. The intellectual power needed to resolve a halachic problem is greater than the intellectual power needed to create a halachic problem. And that's a principle in life and in business and in everything. The, the, the power you need to solve. That's where innovation is. To find the problems, you don't have to need to be an, an, an innovator. Everybody comes to you with problems and why you can't do that. I went to the bank recently, you know what an Israeli bank experience is like, trying to do something terribly simple. After about four times, I just said to him, look, don't tell me what I can't do. I haven't come here to ask you what I can't do. I'm not interested in what I can't do. I'm interested in how I can do it. Your job is to tell me how I can do it. And then the whole conversation changed. And that's the... Um, that the character adif as we have in, in, in Gemara as well. It does not mean that 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 one goes looking for the for heterim. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein is known as a, as as a matir, and it's so wrong. It's just not not his whole approach at, at all. And I remember talking to him about it in the last few months of his life when I had the privilege of, of learning with him. And and he and he said almost with tears in his eyes, "I'm not a makil. I'm not a matir. I just see human problems in a shaila." A shaila is somebody is in, in st- under stress. That the halacha has created stress for somebody. My job as a rov, as a posek, is to try, if possible, to alleviate the stress. My job is to try and solve the problem. And that's how he comes to a shaila. There's a human problem trying to solve the problem. It's something in business, particularly in the, in the, in the startup and the technology world. It's, it's the essence of everything, isn't it? What problem are you solving? If you're not solving a problem, then you're just, it's self-indulgence. You're taking investors' money to sit and play with nice technology, with cool technology. That's, that's, not, what, that's not going to lead to anything. What pro- problem are you solving and for who? And that's something a POSEC has to, say, has to be able to understand as well. What problem are you solving and for who? And then apply the enormity of your halachic intellect to solve for that particular problem. That's what Rav Moshe Feinstein said that is, is so very important. And Rav Moshe Soloveitchik used to tell me the story of the, in, in, in Brisk, in pa- one Pesach, they couldn't get matzah that was sholem. The matzah arrived and it was all in pieces. So for, for the seder, there was no time. They couldn't bake or get any matzah for, 
that, that was whole. So the Briskarov got a whole lot of yeshiva bochrim and, 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 and pill people, and they got all the pieces, and he got them trying to puzzle it together to at least create a few shleimim, even though they were made of little pieces, together they would be able to re-engineer the whole matter. And one bochur was doing amazing. Every few minutes he was turning out another, another complete matzah, whereas the others were struggling and struggling. So the Briskarov said to the to the young man, how are you doing it? He says, well, you take a piece, I'll show you. If it doesn't quite fit, you break off here, you break off there, you fit it in, you take another one, you break, okay? And the briskerov said, that's what we don't do in brisk. You don't make the piece fit the whole. That, we don't do that. If it, no matter how long it takes you, you've got to find the right solution. You don't create a solution. You've got to discover the solution. You've got to find the solution. I used to tell the story, the famous story of the Dubna Magid, where the, uh, the, the prince, who was a fine bow and arrow kind of shooter, uh, notices a peasant who he sees, he's walking in the forest and he sees every tree has got a, a target and an arrow in the middle of the target. And then he finds the peasant and he says, are these your arrows? He says, yes. He says, how do you do it? Nobody can get everyone in the middle. He says, the problem is you first make a target and then you try and shoot. I shoot the arrow first and then I make a target around the arrow. And, and the Mosulach used to say, that, that's the, the distorted type of learning. When you start with the heter in mind, and then you want to, and, and you build everything around the heter, that's not what Kerach Deheter Adif means at all. It just means that when, when somebody has got to a heter, the learning needed, the brilliance needed to get to the heter, and the breadth of shoulders needed to get to that heter is so much the greater. I've told you about the Oroch um, HaShulchan, who came from a business family, and they were going to put him into the business when he was a young man. And at his B'mitzvah, one of the Talmudim of Chaim Velozhner, Rabbi Elia Goldberg, met him and said, this young man has to go into Torah, keep him out of the business, he's got to be full-time in Torah. And later on, he said to the Oroch HaShulchan, go into Psak, go into Hoiro, and, and write the Oroch HaShulchan, which is what we have today. It was the encouragement of Rabbi Elia Goldberg. And when he explained it, he said, because I could see in the Oroch HaShulchan, that where there's a human problem, he would uncover the heter, no matter even if it was buried 10 levels beneath the surface, he would find it. But he's not talking about creating a heter, he's talking about discovering, about finding the heter. And so that's really important. At the bottom of the sources, I've brought you a Rashbam from Psochim, just we, we had it recently, where the Rashbam talks about sometimes you don't say koach deheter adif because there's more brilliance in the isur. And he brings an example of, the, of a whole question of whether you have to bench after you've had a party and you've left the table, you've left people at the table, you haven't left people at the table. In Ave Psochim, there's a whole sugi around that. And over there he says, Ein kein, de ein koach imein There's no koach deatera to say to somebody that you don't have to bench in that particular case. There's no koach heter in something which is obvious. Heter is where you had to be unobvious to get to the heter, whether you had to be innovative to get to the heter. That's a koach deheter adif. But not this of a koach de Rabbi Yehuda adif tfei, she chumros al But Rabbi Yehuda, who brings two chumros on the drabonin, that's a chidush. Understand, how do you get to that? Normally with the drabonins, you go lekula, not only one chumra, but two chumras to understand how Rabbi Yehuda thinks. That's the koyach that you want to uncover. So it's got nothing to do with heter or, 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 or isur, with chumra or kula. It's got to do with where does the thinking, where does the brilliance lie, so that we can learn that brilliance and learn how to think and, and apply it in our lives.